0: This is Around the Farm, the podcast about all things ag, and I'm your host, Rick Myra. Today, we're talking about digital tools to improve crop monitoring and scouting. We're joined by Greg Rose and Connor Schmidt from Intellinair, a leader in field imagery and analysis for a complete view of every acre of every field. Today, we're going to learn about how their tools are helping farmers across the Corn Belt. Well, Intelinair team, thank you so much for joining us. Greg and Connor, appreciate you guys spending some time around the farm with us. Just so uh, our listeners get a little bit of background on you guys before we get started, Greg, can you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you got started in AgTech?
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Greg Rose. I'm the uh, vice president of business development and strategy uh, and co-founder for Intelinair. Uh, I grew up in the Chicagoland suburbs, uh, no background in agriculture. Uh, in fact, to tell a funny story, you know, we would take family vacations driving through rural areas, and I'd often think to myself as a kid, you know, who eats all that corn out there? <laughs> so, um, but uh, went on uh, to get an engineering degree at Northwestern, uh, an MBA at UCLA. Uh, I've worked for several uh, venture-backed technology startup companies and uh, have helped uh, bring several uh, new products to market, uh, mostly in the area of analytics. Uh, so Air, uh has really been my entry to AgTech. tech. Uh, so we started the company uh, in late 2014. So that's how I found myself in this space.
0: Well, Greg, as as a fellow individual who grew up about forty five minutes south of Chicago, I need to ask you a very important question. And just understand, if you answer this correct, uh, this question incorrectly, I'm going to hit the eject button, and you're just we're, we're just going to fire you off the screen here, buddy. Is it Cubs or Socks?
1: You know, for me, it's always been uh, White Socks um, because when I was a kid. Uh, in grammar school, they used to give free tickets uh, to our school. So, um, but uh, having said that, um, everybody else in my family uh, was a Cubs fan, including my grandfather, who was probably one of the biggest Cubs fans you know you could imagine. So, uh, But yeah, personally, I was always more a White Sox fan.
0: I'm glad you got that one right. A fellow <laughs> Southsider here, so we, we don't have to hit the eject button. I'm, I'm really glad about that. Um, and hey, you know what? Free tickets are always a great way to build a fan base. I, I got a, a number of those when we were in Little League as well on the uh, on the south side. So appreciate you uh, you joining us and uh, lending your expertise. And Connor, I want to kick it over to you. Can you uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, about your background and how you got into ag tech?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a strange and, and random story. Um, I did grow up on a family farm in Mount Plasky, Illinois. Um, we had hogs. We had row crops, um, and it was great. In the 90s, when that hog market crashed, uh, my family got out of farming. We moved to like a nice town and all of that. My dad stayed involved in agriculture, but I didn't really want much to do with it, honestly. Um, Didn't really understand it, didn't like it, um, and I got involved in athletics. And Long story short, I ended up at University of Illinois uh, playing football. Got to see a lot there, Beckman, Cubit, Lovey, a lot of turmoil, interesting time. Uh, I switched from an ag business degree to a kinesiology degree, like a weightlifting degree, against my uh, father's wishes. And, you know, about when I graduated, when I realized I was probably going to have to be a PE teacher or something like that, (laughs) Uh, decided I did not want to do that. Um, and got on, you know. Greg actually hired me three years ago. It was like a pity intern <laughs> through some mutual connections. <laughs> um, and I've been here three years. I absolutely fell in love with it. Just the startup, agriculture, the, the culture of it, all the decisions, complexity, uh, and, and just trying to help these people and very complex problems. It, it just kind of consumed me. Um, so, three years later, uh, I'm now the regional sales manager. Um, working with growers, retail, across the board, helping with the product. So it, it's been a fun ride.
0: <laughs> a very a very Illinois-centric show today, which, you know, that that speaks near and dear to my heart as an Illinois, Illinois guy. I, I will tell you, Connor, hey, you know, uh, if you want to get back into coaching, next time you can try to coach at the the football team in Central Illinois that actually wins things. Uh, Illinois State University is right down, right down the, the highway there. You can't miss I'm not it. A, it. It's I'm unbelievable. not a big
2: fan of the small-time schools.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, Redbird Nation. Come on, buddy. Come on now. Well, hey guys, we could we could wax poetic about Illinois and Bloomington and Normal uh, for for days here if uh, if we wanted to. But I'm not sure all of our listeners want to hear quite that much about the old stomping grounds of a bunch of Illinois guys. So let's let's jump right in here. And, and Greg, you know, as a wise man once said, it's it's always wise to start at the beginning. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you started the company, and, and what brought you into uh, AgTech?
1: Sure. So, uh, IntelliNair started in uh, late uh, 2014. Uh, the CEO, uh, Ali Sian, uh, and our chief scientist, Naira Hovakimian, who's a professor at uh, University of Illinois, uh, we were the ones who started the company, uh, and really, just interviewed a lot of farmers, uh, hundreds of farmers, uh, agronomists, uh, ag retailers. Uh, just uh, talked to so many different folks, uh, especially that first year. Uh, really, as we developed the product, and just trying to understand, you know, what were the problems that they faced, uh, what were the issues that they had. Uh, it was clear that farming. Uh, is a very uh, stressful uh, occupation. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, you can do uh, everything right, but, you know, if Mother Nature, you know, turns on you or the, uh, you know, maybe something happens in Brazil, you know, that has nothing to do with the U.S. or or China or whatnot, you know, the whole market can change and uh, the whole uh, economics can change. So, uh, you know, that stress was clear, and it was also clear that farmers just needed better visibility, especially into uh, what was happening uh, during the season. Um, you know, they, they have certainly a lot of data, um, you know, about everything from weather to how the equipment is performing and so forth. Um, but when it comes to the crop performance, Uh, You know, a lot of it is just, uh, you know, driving around, so to speak, with the pickup truck, you know, kind of looking, uh, you know, maybe walking out into the fields every now and then, but it's just very hard to get systematic visibility across how all those crops are doing across all of your fields, right? Um, And so, you know, the idea of lighting that up made a lot of sense to me. I mentioned that. You know, I have a, a background where I've worked in a lot of different analytical applications. And, you know, you think of farming and you think of all the precision sorts of things folks are trying to do, uh, where they're trying to plant different prescriptions and different, uh, you know, varieties and, and uh, nitrogen management strategies and so forth. Um, well, you've got to have good data to be able to validate, you know, is that stuff working, Right. If I'm buying a new piece of equipment, I and mean, is it doing what I expected it to do uh, in terms of improving the crop performance? And um, it can just be challenging at the end of the season to try, you know, look at a yield map and try to disentangle everything that happened up until that point, right? So, uh, so we developed uh, introduced AgMRI, uh, you know, measurable, reliable intelligence uh, is is the acronym. Uh, We use airplanes. Uh, We fly 13 times during the season. Uh, Once in early April, our pre-plant flight, uh, weekly May and June, uh, and then uh, every two weeks in July and August and early September. Uh, We capture imagery uh, at a very high resolution of 10 centimeter per pixel. So, Uh, We're able to discern uh, the individual corn or soybean plants. We have algorithms that look for patterns, look for issues, look for problems. Um, We cross correlate what we see in the imagery to other data layers. So, you know, we bring in equipment data uh, from field view, weather data, um, soil data. And when we see a thing that's a problem, we package that as an alert and we push that to, you, to the user's smartphone and they're able to click and just immediately zoom into, uh, you know, what, the, what we think, you know, what the top issues are in their, in their field uh, or fields. So, uh, you know, this year we're uh, analyzing almost uh, 4 million acres of uh, fields. And, you know, work with farmers of all sizes from, you know, a <clears> thousand acres to frankly many, many tens of thousands of acres, uh, ag retailers, uh, input, uh, producers and more. So, uh, it's been, uh, quite a, um, uh, and it's, and certainly I, I no longer feel like an ag novice now. Uh, I don't know as much as the, uh, as the farmers yet, uh, probably never will, but, um, but certainly learned a lot about the space and, uh, uh, you know, really enjoy uh, being in it and helping folks solve uh, problems to, you know, grow more food for us.
0: Well, it is a timely topic. I mean, we're, we're sitting here in the middle of growing season. There is a ton of crop scouting going on. And, you know, in our last episode, we, we had a conversation with, uh, with a research farm manager talking about how, how much time it does take to get out there and, and scout fields and, and how tools can help with that. Yeah. Connor, you spend a lot of time talking to uh, to folks out in the countryside. How does IntelliNair's AG MRI platform really set apart from, from some of the other services out there?
2: So first I'd say frequency is a big differentiating factor when you're looking at other airplane companies. There's a lot of flights to order. There's a lot of flights planned around uh, critical time points and things of that nature. What we've found is you're never going to be able to time that uh, exactly when you need it, especially at scale. You don't know when the problems are going to occur that you need to look at. I would say that's only good for very specific applications. Uh, like you, you grow specialty crops and you're wanting to look at a certain stage to make a precise fungicide application or something. But in general, it, it's not going to give you the, uh, the visibility you need across everything. And a lot of times what ends up happening on those flights to order, they don't get delivered at the right time point especially if there's other people like in that region that are also ordering flights that detract from that capacity. So there's, there's logistic issues. If you really dig into those models, the second is analytics. Uh, Farmers don't want to be experts on uh, imagery data. They want to be experts on farming and last. uh, And and this is more specific to us um, in, in contrast our solution is kind of built a lot around a lot of these operational um, components of farming. So um, farmers don't necessarily manage their operation individual field by individual field. Uh, if you think weed control, they've planned when to spray everything, uh, what they're spraying. Uh, they've already laid out an entire plan around that. It's operation-wide. And they need a service that helps them uh, manage that component, not each field individually. Where can I spray? Where do I need to spray? Where do I need to adjust? Where did things not die? Where do I need to reapply? And they need to see that at a glance. Otherwise, it would be faster just to go do it themselves. <laughs> um, and the last thing, I've seen some services that do partial images, right? Um, grid, grid images, and they may take that and create a heat mat. Um, often, those are very high resolution, so you can see the type of disease. You can see how many beetles are on a, a, a corn leaf, um, which is amazing. But when you think about that, um, the practicality of it. So I have these different, you know, plots in my field in a grid. And I see there's 20 beetles in this image. And then that extrapolates across a heat map. That's not going to be very uh, indicative of what's happening in the whole field necessarily. The same for stand or disease. And it also, that, that type of resolution is not able to be collected at scale. So in the decision-making, it's, it's often uh, what do I need to spread first? What's my largest priority? How bad is it? And a lot of times that's relative to everything else, not by individual field. Um, so on all those points, what Intel does different, sorry to get long-winded, but it, it, it's the full season, Um, bare soil all the way to harvest Uh, the analytics are designed to work with you Uh, it starts with weed control all your weeds at a glance Uh, which ones are bad it shows you automatically where you've sprayed and weeds didn't die it shows you where you can spray where you can not based on soil conditions so on and so forth then emergence Uh, it shows you the emergence across all your fields which ones are bad which ones aren't Where do I need to go scout? Where is something not looking how I expected? We get six inches of rain. You're still planting. It actually shows you where to replant, which fields, how many acres, how many acres of replant do I have? That was incredibly helpful this year. Uh, The point being, all of this is automated. It's your full operation throughout the whole season. Sorry to get on a tangent, um, but but I think it's important to know what all is available because it's kind of a new space in general.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the difference is in the detail, right? You talk about resolution, and I, I always liken it to what you can see and what you can't see, right? I mean, a lot of satellite image providers, it's it's like old Tecmo Bowl football, right? You got a real pixelated Bo Jackson running circles around somebody. And what you're describing there, Connor, is is full boat, 2020 Madden, where you can see sweat pouring off the player's face as you're going through, right? That's a whole different level of, of understanding of what's happening um, in a given field. But here's the thing. I mean, Digital ag is one of those things where, where farmers are looking at it going, yeah, that makes sense. I think that this is going to be helpful, but I'm not quite sure how I get started. So, you know, if, if you're talking to a farmer that's, that's interested in getting started with you guys, what would you tell them? How would, uh, how would they start to get into remote sensing and, and start to use uh, ag
2: MRI? <laughs> you're setting me up for a lot of long-witted questions. Um, <laughs> I'd like to make that a bit broader, actually where to begin with digital ag in general. Um, and if you start there, cause, cause I've met a lot of farmers who don't have yield mapping yet. Um, maybe their equipment's old or it's custom, so on and so forth. So where to begin, um, where are you at today? What do you have available? If you don't have yield maps, you don't have machine data collected, something like climate would be a great start. <laughs> um, uh, and what can you see yourself utilizing? Right, so there's a lot of cool solutions out there, uh, more than you could ever count. And and as you're receiving the information about it, does it make sense for my operation? Do I see myself stopping to use this? Um, these technology products aren't like a chemical; you spray it, forget about it, and you'll know how it did. Um, if you invest in a technology, you have to use it. <laughs> um, and I'd also where can you eliminate overlaps? There are so many products. Um, All of them probably have unique capabilities, and they also have a lot of overlap around weather, modeling, scouting platforms, so on and so forth. Um, I have not seen a farmer that has 10 different digital platforms and utilizes them all for their full capability. So where can you start eliminating pieces that don't make sense and make sure um, whatever you do end up with works together, they're complementary, um, and they're actually going to help you? You know,
0: one one thing that I've always found that that helps is those practical examples, right? I mean, can can you help us with an example that, that you've had with the farmer you've worked with where, where you've been able to to help them with, with Ag MRI for for their operation?
2: Yeah, I can. I think it'd be a lot easier to show you though.
0: Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We've got an around the farm first here. Folks, we're going to the tape. Visual aids. If you're on the podcast, it's time to put that thing away and get on YouTube because you don't want to miss out on the visuals, but we're about to get here.
2: Uh, (laughs) Let me go ahead and and pull this up. So um, I've actually got a few examples. I was talking about the full season, um, broken up into flight cycles. I want to show you why it's important to fly the entire season and and what you could expect to get out of a a remote sensing uh, application like this. So I'm going to start at the beginning, the first cycle, um, bare soil. It's great for weed control. So, right off the bat, a lot of application issues. And I chose this one because it's extremely interesting. If you look at this third image, you can actually see those are the tire tracks of the sprayer, and those weeds were not dying right behind it. We did a lot of uh, investigation work here, and what we found um, was Roundup that was sprayed. And when you uh, drive too fast with the sprayer and kick up dust, it can actually uh, affect that chemical and make it less effective In the top left there I've actually thrown up some of the application data we, we import from climate, and this field right here was driven around 19 to 22 miles an hour. most of the other fields that did not have this issue about 18 miles an hour made a significant difference so yeah, you got to go respray this but also. Huge insight for all of the people running those sprayers at the right speed they need to be going to make sure those applications are effective. Um, And this year with all the rain, I know a lot of farmers ended up in a position where they weren't able to get through all of their burn down. They wanted to get the fields planted. Um, This was a great tool for some people looking across their operation. Uh, Where do I have clean fields that I can wait? Where do I absolutely need to spray right now? This is a great instance of that. I threw up a few fields this farmer was able to pull out. These first two on the left, bit too wet to spray anyways. Also didn't have much weed pressure. As soon as they dry up, he's gonna he's gonna go plant them. It's not gonna spray them. This third one, uh, weeds were out of control and it was actually dry enough to spray on that date. What I have up there is May first. Uh, and right there on May twenty fourth, you can see, went ahead, sprayed it, killed all the weeds, was done with it. So definitely helped them make those decisions, but a lot more efficient than driving out to all those fields. Getting into the second cycle, we started to have some emergence. So where should I prioritize my post application? Where to start? Here's a field where there was a, a lot of weeds coming up much sooner than expected. And it was actually about 50 miles away um, from where this farmer is located. <laughs> Huge time saving for him not to drive all the way out there and check it out or to dish it off and push it down the road and have those weeds get out of control. So very easy for him to go out and apply there. And we also started to get these emergence maps, which was really incredible coming up right at um, about VE on a lot of fields. There was some great performance. Um, This is an example. This field uh, has some slopes sand, a bunch of different soil types. Um, It does minimal till up on the slopes, conventional till in the flats, and he adjusts his populations for that. So in the second image, that's one of the better areas, the, the perfect stand that our uh, emergence map was indicating. As you can see, perfect stand, planted 120,000. And he actually does account for the residue. He plants those areas, I believe, at uh, 140,000. Um, I, I can't see my slides, but I believe leaving it up with about 109,000. So even less plants, even though he increased the population in those areas. Um, so he's going to do some work to the header on his combine. Um, to be a little more aggressive when he's harvesting and help control that residue distributed easier. Something that was really cool, when we talked about the resolution on the maps, he was actually able to see exactly the residue distribution on some different thermal maps and, and some true color maps. Where's the residue lying? They could match it up with the combine and see it wasn't being spread evenly. And in those areas where it was dense, it was falling right back in the furrow and creating problems.
0: Well, Connor, those are some really great examples of, of real-world applications where, where farmers are seeing the benefit of ag MRI. Um, you know, as you go through those examples, one thing that, that always strikes me is is how powerful it is when you can start to identify issues before you can actually see them. Because the old adage is, you know, by the time you've seen crop damage, you've experienced yield loss, right? So, Greg, can you talk to us a little bit about how IntelliNair is able to utilize science to really be able to start to identify issues before we can even see them.
1: Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, from a remote sensing standpoint, uh, we you know capture imagery in the visible range, uh, red, green, blue, uh, which would be you know what any human being can see, which would be somewhat equivalent to what you would capture with a normal camera. But we also capture uh, imagery in the near infrared band. So this is outside the uh, human range of sight, and it turns out that plants, uh, while they tend to absorb uh, light in the visible range, uh, they tend to reflect light in the near-infrared range. And by uh, using that data in the form of various indices, a common one would be NDVI, the Normalized Difference Vegetation Index, Uh, you can effectively come up with a measure of stress or health for that plant where uh, plants that, you know, let's say are sick, uh, are sickly, you know, yellowed leaves and so forth uh, are just going to have different reflective uh, properties than uh, plants that are are very healthy. Uh, And so what we do from an analytical perspective is we'll look uh, at patterns in those uh, stress, uh, in that stress, Uh, So we'll look for areas where we see an unusually high uh, decrease in uh, health. We'll look uh, for areas where we see a relative difference in health that's just not uh, explainable by what we know about the field. Uh, And those usually correlate to problems, often, for example, nitrogen deficiencies or other issues. Uh, We also capture, uh, we also have a thermal sensor Uh, that basically measures the heat radiating off the field. Um, And so we have a temperature profile of that field. And from an analytical perspective, we look at variances in temperature. Uh, And again, we look at areas where there's variances that are not uh, explainable uh, by what we know about the field. And often those are gonna correlate to such conditions as water stress, uh, disease, and other issues. So, um, you know, that combined with the fact that we're also imaging every single acre uh, in every single flight, uh, which is also a big deal because it gives us a chance to, uh, you know, image part of a field where, you know, you may not think there's a problem, but there is a problem. So uh, those are really the things we do uh, to give that farmer that proactive or predictive awareness of what's going on.
0: Well, Greg, sim- simplicity and ease of use is always a big deal in, in digital tools as well. And, and I know that AG AgMRI has has been built to work with other platforms. Can you, can you help our listeners understand how you guys have, have engineered the system so that it's going to work with many of the other digital tools that they might be working
1: with today? Sure. So... Uh, AgMRI has been architected uh, to support a set of what are called APIs or application uh, programming interfaces. And this basically gives our software a way to talk uh, seamlessly with other software products. Um, And so we've uh, integrated AgMRI with all of the major uh, ag uh, data platforms out there. Uh, digital ag platforms out there. Uh, for example, we do integrate seamlessly with Climate Field View. Um, and the benefits to the customer are just ease of use and uh, easy engagement, low touch engagement. So uh, they can simply log into AgMRI, they can uh, authorize a connection with Field View. Uh, we can then bring their boundaries in to automatically onboard them. Um, We uh, can also bring in other data from FieldView, should the farmer, uh, you know, give us those permissions, Uh, for example, equipment data, application data. uh, And, you know, if, you know, a few minutes ago, uh, Connor had given some examples um, of how we can better use that data to better define the problem. And so, uh, for example, if you've got two fields, one that has not been sprayed Uh, and there's weeds visible and one that was recently sprayed and there's weeds visible, you know, it's really a a different level of priority that we're going to assign to that alert because in that latter case, uh, you know, you could be potentially dealing with uh, resistance, uh, for example, or or a botched application. Um, The other thing is that we uh, can push our data and alerts into uh, these other solutions as well. So a farmer can choose to push the imagery from AgMRI, the alerts from AgMRI, into field view, for example. And so that way, uh, if they're in the cab, uh, using field view, they're able to just bring up a side-by-side view of, uh, you know, the imagery that, uh, Ag MRI provides. Um, so those are the ways we work with other products. Um, and, uh, uh, support uh, a farmer in that in those use cases.
0: Well, tons of great information on Intelinair and the uh, and the products you guys offer. I know we're only scratching the surface. So, if our if our listeners are interested in finding out more, what's the best way for them to to find you guys or find more information?
1: Sure. So we have a website, of course, intelinair.com i n t e l i n a i r.com. i n t e l i n a i r dot com. We have a lot of different. Um, you know, uh, data sheets and examples of the product in action there. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel, uh, which has a number of different videos, some of which include Connor. <laughs> so if, uh, if uh, you guys liked hearing from him, you know, go to the YouTube channel. He goes, he had, and some of our colleagues have a series of videos there where we show uh, specific parts of the app uh, in action and different alert cases Uh, You can also email us, uh, sales at intellinear.com. And you're also welcome to email either Connor or I directly. uh, And it would just be our first name, uh, Connor, C-O-N-N-E-R at intellinear.com or Greg, G-R-E-G at intellinear.com. And we'd be happy to do anything we can to help you.
0: Well, gentlemen, we appreciate you taking some time with us before we let you get out the door we, we've got to have a couple of fun questions here we, we've started to ask all of our experts to come on the panel for for their best advice that they heard around farming you know we're, we're gonna go ahead and author a book pearls of wisdom put that out New York Times bestseller no no doubt about it I mean but Greg you know as, as somebody that's a little bit newer to the industry and took a took a bit of a different path to get here what's what's the best advice you've uh, you've ever heard around farming
1: well I think one thing that comes to mind was a uh, farmer uh told me once, he said, you know, I always pay uh, much more attention to the good areas of my field than the bad, um, because, you know, the good areas are really where you're going to make, you know, a lot of your money. And, you know, if you see performance drop there, you know, you've really got to beyond that to fix that. Um, whereas the bad areas, look, if you can improve the performance in there, that's obviously great. Um, but, you know, to some extent, you know, that, that's kind of icing on the cake. So, um, that, you know, was interesting, uh, cause, you know, certainly as a, as a newcomer, you know, initially I think that you just focus on the worst areas of the field and try to make them better. But, um, you know, I think that's not necessarily the case.
0: That's good advice. How about you, Connor?
2: Yeah, I have to say farmers have the best advice for life in general. Um, one of the guys I work with a lot, he's big on, uh, if you, you can't drink all day, if you don't start drinking early, um, and, and that's why he lives by, it's made him very successful and happy. Um,
0: Hey, you know, the, uh, the early bird gets the worm, right?
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Hey, one uh, one last thing before we let you guys get out of here, uh, Connor is is a gentleman that lives there near where uh, where I frequented for for my uh, my college education. I, I got to ask you, what, what's your favorite appetizer over there at the pub too?
2: At the pub too, uh, probably the onion rings.
0: The onion rings are not a bad choice. We were accepting buffalo wings as the number one answer. But we'll we'll, we'll give you the consolation (laughs) prize anyway. The more important question, and Greg, you know, you you answered correctly on the front end, saying the Southsiders. I'm hoping you get this one right, too. Best deep dish in Chi-Town is?
1: I have to go with Geno's. That's always been my favorite
0: well, I'm gonna to have to hit the eject button because we know the right answer there is <laughs> Lou Malnati's or even Pequot's, but that's all right. Well, let's just slide on Gino. As everybody's got their own opinions, different taste for different folks. So, Greg Connor, thanks so much for joining us around the farm today. We appreciate you sharing your expertise.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure.
0: And while we're saying thanks, I'd like to thank our listeners for downloading the podcast and listening in via YouTube. We appreciate you spending time around the farm. For our listeners that are FieldView users, we know that this has been a challenging season. If you need any additional support, don't hesitate to reach out to us at 888-924-7475 for help, or you can email us at support at climate.com. If you'd like some tips and tricks on how to stay connected for this season, visit www.climate.com stay connected. Hey, you know what? Our best ideas always come from you. So please give me a shout out on Twitter. You can find us at the at FieldView Twitter handle and use the hashtag FieldViewATF. And while you're giving feedback, we would never turn down that five-star review. Folks, as always,
2: it's been a blast and we'll see you around the farm.